Seder, let's, let's learn. First, I want to give a, a big yeshakayah. Is this you able to hear me? It's good. Can you hear? Yeah. Maybe it goes loud. Okay. First, I want to give a big yeshakayah to my friends. Miriam and Eliezer Mordechai, parents thing, and to the Kindlech, the girls. This is a house where we've had Baruch Hashem, a lot of good things, a lot of Torah, a lot of Simchas, and Torah, good things. And the house should be filled only with Simcha. We should be Zoychet, 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 Page Ches. At the bottom of the page, it says Eis Yud. The, um, I'm sure that many of you have this safer ready that has been given, that you, you've been able to uh, receive it the last two times. There are some more that are, that are coming to my cell. I should be able to have Mitzvah by the next time. So, in the meantime, if you could just look on with somebody. <coughs> We're talking about the tachlis of life. That's pretty much what we're talking about. And, but not just to think about it and to know what the tachlis is, but how to live with it. And we have a lot, a lot to learn. So on page Ches Ois Yud, Kirvis Elokim Litayv. That's what Dovra Melch said. And Dovra Melch said that in each and every one of us, each and every one of us has to live with this Pasuk. But Dabra Melch identified what is, what is the tithe, what is that which is the ultimate good in this world, in our lives? What is the ultimate good that could be achieved in this world? And that's Kirvas Elokim, which means closeness to Hashem's Baruch. And he explains that, You know, there's so many Ashkafa classes that are given, and so many Machshava classes, and so on philosophy, and Mashavas Israel, and so on and so forth. But he explains here that Kirvis Alakim Litayev, it's not a question of information or something that we say. This is the Mitzvah, this is the reality, the ultimate reality in all of our lives. Not to know what that means, or to just, just know what it means, or just to think about it, but to live that way with that feeling. Which is what this entire safe is about, how to develop that feeling of Kirvas Elokimli Taiv. That God closeness, closeness to Hashem, that is the that is what I feel is, is I feel that inside of me, that's Taiv. Many of us in many of our lives our Yiddish kind really just goes from one yata to the other. Which is nice that we have these beautiful milestones. The Jews, whenever they talk, they say, This will be by Hanukkah, this will be by Pesach. It's very, very beautiful, except when it comes to Kivas Elakim. When it comes to being close to Hashem, if a person's feeling of God's presence is only by the three of Golem, Hanukkah, Purim, there may be a little bit Dusha, a Tubav. So that's very, very sad. Because the Tachas of life is that one lives every moment with Kivas Elakim, with closeness to Hashem. It's not just something for Pesach or for Shulus or Sukkis. Sometimes a person only feels when it comes to making a chasen or a simcha. Something big, big happens in life. Or if a person 
it was God forbid in danger and, and Hashem saves the person or somebody was sick Khalila. so then there's this feeling of intense closeness to Hashem but the, but but really Kevis Alakintayev is something which is Shaykh it's Shaykh to every single second of a person's life Mamish Shasai Yom Vashon 365 days of the year Chaldal chose to be a moment 24 hours a day and there's such a madrega, which is not, we're not really a, even something that we can understand. In parentheses, the Mishazay Chaliyah's daughter, but Barigam is much in also the tzaddikim who were attached to Hashem even while they were asleep. When the Ariya Kaddish was sleeping, which was only for a very short time, Rabbi Chaim Vital used to sit next to him, and, and the other Talmudim would come and they would write notes. When the Ariya Kaddish was sleeping, he was constantly saying deep secrets of Torah during his sleep. He was saying over Torah. And, and the Talmudim were recording what he said while he was sleeping. That, that's something which for us is very hard to understand. When the Satmar was a little baby, and somebody came to see, he was a, he was like a wonder child. Everybody used to come from all over to see he was so beautiful. And and somebody, some big Rav came to the to the father of the Satmar, the Kedushas Yantar, who came to the house, they wanted to see the little baby. And they wanted to, to, to hear what he has to say. He was a very, very brilliant little boy. And, and he was disappointed in because little, little Yolish was already sleeping. So the, so the father said, come, I'll show you something anyway. And they went to the room, and the, and the little boy was sleeping in bed. And, and the father, the Kedushas Yantav, went over to the mezuzah, and he put the mezuzah, he put his hand over the mezuzah, and, and the Satmari, the little boy, Rabbi Yolish, jumped up, and he started screaming, what happened, what happened? That he felt in the middle of his sleep that somebody covered the mezuzah of the room. We don't understand what that means. We don't feel when the mezuzah is covered during the day, let alone when it's let alone at night and the person's unconscious. Still there is such an union of big, big tzaddikim that are able to serve Hashem even while they're sleeping. But that's not however we should just worry about when we're up. Sleeping is a hard thing. Vishishim Daka is Bishah, sixty minutes of an hour. Closeness to Hashem is not just for special occasions, and it's not just for Yantiv, it's Mamish every single day, every single minute. Zukom and Sisahab that's the entire mitzvah of a person in this world. Leos kar v'lebari v'dovek b'ayt to be close to Hashem and attached to Him. Kir v'salakim li'tayv. V'vada yishe b'chadei l'chiyaz b'tzuruzu. Now, the question is, the first question that we already spoke about a little bit last time was, do we really want that? I mean, that's a scary thing. Kir v'salakim to be close to Hashem. What does that mean, and how is that going to change my life? Which we're going to talk about in a few minutes. In Aisyadav. So a person becomes frightened by that. But if a person is determined to live a life in which he or she is living according to the tachlis of what we created, then one first has to understand what is the derech brurah of it is Hashem. How do I achieve this? What do I do? What is the what is the plan to achieve this this closeness to Hashem? Ketzet midim lekach. How do we reach such a level to be dovuk to Hashem, to be attached to Him every single minute, Mamish? How do we do that? However, even before we explain the path towards achieving this goal, before we said about the method of reaching of reaching this state of Vegas, it must be absolutely one million percent 
clear to a person without even the slightest doubt, without the slightest suffering, it should be clear to a person he should live with this awareness of what's the tachlis of his life. So she had borrowed Adam Shatachlis Achayim Bolias Kerv Adovet Lavarius Barashon Bacharegi Varegamamish. If anybody asks you in the middle of your sleep, and this we could even an Amadre could be woken up and be asked in the middle of his sleep, what's the tachlis of your life? And if your answer is to be happy, or if your answer is to have a nice family, or if your answer is to uh, to keep mitzvahs in a general way, then that you've missed the point of creation. The tachlis of creation is is dveikus Hashem, is to be attached to Hashem's baruch every single moment. And one has to this has to be clear. One has to know this and think about it and remind oneself over and over as we spoke about last time. Dveikus pnimis bechal nimi hanefesh mamish means an inner and deep attachment with every fiber of my soul. Climber. Before we can begin to talk about and search for the means of getting to the Tachlis, the path that leads to that ultimate call, we first have to know where will this ultimately lead us, what is our objective, what is our goal. Any intelligent person, when he, when, when he uh, sets out to do something, the person first identifies it and knows very, very clearly what are his objectives, what's his goal, what's the tachlis of what he's doing, whether it's in business, whether it's in schooling, whatever it is. He has to decide what the tachlis is. Part of the trouble that comes with, with parenting, which we've been talking about a lot over the years, is that the person goes into a certain kind of carriers, like, you know, let's just see what happens. You know, let's see how things go. And there's no clear tachlis of what is it, what is my objective in raising a Jewish child? What's the tachlis of having a child? What's the tachlis of raising a child? What is it my, what's my objective? Only when a person has a very, very clear understanding of the objective and is determined to achieve the objective, so then you can go about planning it. In business, which I really know nothing about business, but I would assume that any, that any intelligent business person would, plan, would, would identify first and, and, and um, have a clear understanding of what Exactly, is he hoping to achieve? What's the tachas of that particular business venture? And then once the person has the tachas, so then he then he goes about with all the steps and all the means that are necessary to achieving that. When a person makes a house, can you imagine a person just says, "Well, let me see. We'll try a little bit of this. We'll try a little bit of that, and we'll see how the house comes out." It's crazy. You first sit down with an architect and then the contract and all these other people, and and you don't you don't start doing anything with plumbing or with electric or with sheet tracking or any of that stuff. Only if you have a tachlis, if you have a, if you have a plan, if you have it worked out, what's this house, the mice is supposed to be like, and what's it going to be like when we're living here, and so on. That's the tachlis. Or if you imagine a person that builds a house, I had, I had a person that spoke to me about this recently, somebody that lives, pretty, lives around an hour, he has two hours away from this neighborhood, somebody, somebody told me that he spent the last three and a half years building his dream, dream house. His wife, his, his wife, his house, a dream house. They built this beautiful house with a pool and a tennis court and everything. So I said, so good, so so what's the matter? So he said, you know, the neighborhood's not a good neighborhood for our children. So I said, well, what, what, so why do you build a house in that neighborhood? You know, what, you know, what were you thinking when you built the house? And you had three and a half years to work on this Indian. You know, he said, the yeshiva's not good, this is not good, that's not good, the, the Yiddish cat's not good, the, the shul's not good, nothing. The only thing that's good is that there's a tennis court. <laughs> so, so I asked him, so what was the, the tachlis? So he said, well, you know, to tell you the truth, we, we heard that it was the orthodox people. And the, 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 the. 
So I said, look, you see, you have to understand when you move someplace, what's the tachas if you're moving to that place? If, if your tachas is to have a beautiful, comfortable house, then you have nothing to talk to me about. And you, it seems to me that what you're describing is that you've achieved your goal and you have a gorgeous house with a tennis court and everything else in the pool and all the stuff that you wanted. So you have nothing to talk to me about. So why are you coming to talk to, to, talk to a rabbi? And the terrorist is that you're disappointed about the Yiddishkeit in the neighborhood. That's something that was the first thing that you should have determined. It's the first thing that you should have investigated. What's it going to be like for your kids and I? What you could expect when it comes to a shul, to this matter, to yeshiva, to a chava. That was the first thing. So you're not shocked. You know, this is something that you that you obviously you wanted, and this was your objective. Unless over the course of building the house, you've you've come you know you've come to a higher madrig of understanding what the tachlis of life is. This happens all the time. Intelligent people who would never do that when it comes to business. They would never do that when it comes to even preparing a meal for Yantiv. They have up on the, you have people that have they have on the refrigerator uh, two weeks before Yantiv. All the menu and all the you know, different stuff. Not in my house. I don't want to give you the So it's always a surprise. So that, so when it comes to the tachlis of life, if you think about it, it's crazy. The person puts us in this world for a few years, altogether a few years. The tachlis to be mavarat, and knows the tachlis, and, and to plan things out. Only after one knows what is the tachlis, then you can begin to plot out where do I want to live. Because if I know what my tachlis is in life, then I'm going to have to choose a neighborhood that's going to facilitate my reaching a tachlis. That's one of the means of reaching my tachlis. What kind of a yeshiva? Right? What kind of my children? If there are children as Hashem, you have sometimes personal say, "Well, I don't need to get married. It's not for me. I'll get married later or something like that." So again, the question is, what's your tachlis? And whether or not that's the tachlis of, of Kivis or the Kimli type. But only when a person has clarified in the clearest, clearest, simplest way, what's the tachlis? Then, after that, then you set about, you set about investigating all the different, all the different things that will be necessary to facilitate your reaching that tachlis. You don't just, you don't just uh, wing it. I think that's the expression. You don't just wing it when it comes to life. You know, you could do that when it comes to when it comes to some things. You could wing it. But when it comes to when it comes to the bigger picture of what life is all about, who you marry, how many times this happens? I have. Well, if I was one of the couple, the husband, or wife, will come and say to me, "I can't. My, my all my all my wife wants to do is go to the movies." So the wife says, "All my husband wants to do is he wants to go to the movies." And what do you want to do? I want to, I want to be able to have a more meaningful life. I don't want to go anymore with the Shabbos. I don't want to live like this. I don't want to live like that. And so on and so forth. And there are terrible problems between husbands and wives. So what was your objective at the time that you chose a husband? At the time that you chose a wife? That's going to obviously affect and influence your entire life. If your objective was someone that looks nice, you know, in, a, in, in an outfit, or someone that's, you know, just has a nice smile and, uh, and, and just is, uh, fulfills the basic obligations of being a Jew, so then this person was the one that you've chosen because your tachlis was to have a nice time and to be happy and, and to keep some mitzvahs, but your tachlis was not kirvasilakim. If your tachlis was kirvasilakim, I don't see how this wife or this husband would fit into your picture of kirvasilakim litayv. This person that you've married is not really, is not particularly interested in kirvasilakim and not in any kind of an intense level. The person is interested in other things, not kirvasilakim. So when a person, that's why it's absolutely it's absolutely essential that the person knows what's the tachas of my life. And then I can set about trying to marry the right person and live in the right place and so on and so forth. But Kach Borah, he says, 
And the Torah has identified for us what is the tachlis for every Jew. It's not up for grabs, what's the tachlis? You can't say, my tachlis is this, my tachlis is that. Even though we spoke about two weeks ago, how a person could say, in my, I have to work particularly in this mitzvah to avoid this severe have problems with, of course. But the bigger plan, the basic the basic goal of each and every Jew in life must be kibbutz l'kim l'tayv. Zu on the Kodesh shakol yochev yochet tzarech levar l'vir gomer ad sheyargish benav sheymamish shen kudos zoshal tachlis echayim v'rulei b'tzur sheim b'safeklam. This has to be so clear that person feels this mamish. He feels it in the deepest way that this is the, that this nakuda of kibbutz l'kim l'tayv is a tachlis of his life without any doubt whatsoever. And even though this is, as I said before, we start learning the safe, it's so simple. But he, and that's why he's not bringing farm, he's not bringing all kinds of psukim and reshine and gemaras. It's just a question of thinking about this and remembering it. So now, what what causes us to be a little bit afraid? So let's continue nice yidalev. So a person starts to think about this. He starts to he starts to consider this that the tachlis of his life is kibbutz of the kimli tayv. And nearly in machshav tayv he begins to he begins to think about this and he begins to worry. Shabachdei liyais davuk, shabachdei liyais davuk, the bari is baruch shemai, tzarech liyais parus k'moishu v'nelosham. This is this is the first thought that comes to any of our minds. That in order for me to live according to this tachlis, so I'm asking that the Torah has clearly plotted out for us and, and has identified that this is the objective of life, is kivas v'kim, closeness to Hashem. But what that immediately conjures up in my mind is that I'm going to have to be some sort of an ascetic like like Moshe Rabbeinu. I'm going to have to be, live like Moshe Rabbeinu. Let's not take the calling yoni el and to me, closeness to God means, what I understand it to mean is that I'm going to have to detach myself from all things of this world. It's not kusgumur, completely and totally. I'm going to have to be like my Shavainu, who ultimately separated from his wife. I'm going to have to live in such a way and, and live in some mountain or some cave or, or whatever, you know, whatever um, each and every person in his own way, based upon his own upbringing, um, and what he's encountered in life, what that person associates with, with um, kirvis with extreme closeness to Hashem. So whenever we, we read stories about the Chavetz Chaim, we read stories about the Vilna Gaim, and about Rebbe Feinstein, and about, about you know the Big Tzaddik and the Baal Shem Tov, the Chassam Seif, we read these stories. So all of us right away, even though we were filled with tremendous admiration for these people, but work as we're reading these stories, we're constantly going, "Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness!" Forget it, oh, forget it. That's why I've written, as I mentioned this many times, I've written wrote a letter that he doesn't see that it's such a great service for the children, that they're reading all these stories about how somebody like, you know, the Vilgar finished Shas and he was, you know, six years old, and this kid is reading this when he's 12, and he could barely, you know, he could barely read Rashi or something. And he starts to think, well, I can never, ever be like that. And our way of understanding closeness to Hashem, right away we start to think, well, first of all, they're going to change my wardrobe. The Kibis Kim patrol, that, that group, whoever they are out there, or this Sefer of Kibis Kim, this Sefer, the Vavi Mishkan Evan is going to tell me that I have to hand in some of my favorite outfits. And the Barishlam, you know, 
you know that I spent four hours in, in, in Romans on this Indian. And, and you're not taking it away from me now. And, and maybe after, the, after this, but sometime in the future, but when, I, when I'll be an old person, I'm going to love this. There's somebody singing here. They're so happy. Thanks. So, a person, a person begins to think right away, I'm going to have to give up all this stuff. I'm going to have to give up all these things. And, and, and I know that, and I've mentioned this once to you in the past, I think last year or the year before, that many times over the years I've gone to speak, you know, to, I've gone to speak to, to, to different groups. And then when I walk into a, into a high school class, 12th grade boys especially, 11th grade boys, 12th grade boys from, you know, a, a more modern background. So I walk in, right when they see me, right when they see me, they, you know, it's like this, this, you see this look, this, this rolling eyes, Rolling eyes, horrible look, like because we know what this we know what this guy is gonna tell us. He's gonna tell us that you know, we can't have girlfriends and that we can't do this and we can't do that. And even though I didn't say anything, I just came to Shmuz about you know Hanukkah or something. But but that's what it means, you know, and, and that's what it means that this person is coming to take my to take away take me out of this world. And I don't want to be out of this world. I enjoy this world. So we associate this type of a life of kivus of kimli taif with a complete detachment from this world. And Yedish Mahshora Zuhimi Priyatsasoshlayitsahara. This thought you have to know, he says, that this way of thinking is one of the most powerful devices of the Yitzhahara of the evil inclination. You know that it's true. There's nothing that the Yitzhahara wants more than to distance us from the truth. And the most powerful means of taking us away from the truth is not to tell us to do something bad. We're nice people, we don't want to do bad things. It just tells us not to remember the Tachlis. It tells us the Vegas Bashem is not for you. That's only for the Chavetz Chaim. It's not for people like us. And the Vegas Bashem, or Kirvis or Kim, closeness to God, means something which is beyond my reach. It means something which is going to change me, and I don't want to be changed. I like, I, I love my life the way it is now. I don't want to change. I'm willing to make some slight adjustments every now and then. I don't mind, you know, uh, something, a little thing, but I can't do a complete overhaul. And as a result of that, the Yitzhahara, without telling you to do something bad, the Yitzhahara just prevents you and postpones you, year to year, until you end up 120 not living a true life, being far from the truth, that's all. And have various emotional moments to distance you from the Creator. Therefore, what does the Yitzhara do? The Yitzhara is constantly trying to paint this picture that Kirvis Hashem, the closeness to God, is very, very dark and dismal, very depressing. Right? You think of somebody very, very close to God, you think of some like, Old Robinson in like a potato sack, <laughs> black stockings and a, and a babushka. Now you don't think of some. You don't think of somebody who looks like you. You think of you think of something like you know from, the, from one of those pictures, you know, and somebody that you meet in the little back alleys of Yerushalayim. So right away, there's a very very dark picture. Right away means you know. I can't go to this place or hang out in that place and go on this vacation and that vacation and so on and so forth. 
And that's what a person hears, and that's what the Yetzirah wants more than anything, to paint such a, such a bleak and dark and, and depressing picture of what it means to be close to God. As if God forbid, closeness to Hashem is only the, the is only something that could be reached by a few select people. But for somebody like me, what's that talk about? It's not for me. That means that a person comes to the conclusion that the tachlis of all of creation and your tachlis in being created and your neshama coming to this world is not for you. That tachlis was not for you. You were meant to be just a, like an American guy that's an American girl that's orthodox. Right? But you weren't meant to be like in this thing of kirvis or kingly type because if, if God wanted me to be that way then I would have been Rabbi Levine's daughter or something, you know? So I guess God didn't want that for me. And that's the biggest lie it's the biggest seal, it's the biggest distortion. We'll look at this. Next page. The truth is, Mifuroshim Hadvarim Ramchal Lahebuch. It's clearly, clearly spelled out in the Mesil Sasharim, which we began with last time a little piece, where the Ramchal was the one who told us, who explained to us that the goal is Kirisalakim. And there the Amchal tells us that it's mamish not true. This thought, this portrayal of Kiris Kim that the Yetzar wants to create in order to deter us from reaching the truth, this is Bechlal, not, this is not what, it's, what, what it truly means. And this Amchal says just the opposite. Amchal, Shiyosad es Sifroi, Mesil Zeshoval Akrayis Hashilopichas Minyar. Now whoever learned Whoever learned Amchal knows, whoever learned Mishishon knows that it's a ten-step program based upon a brisa, a teaching of the Talmud, Rabbi Pinchas ben Yoyer, which goes level after level. That's how the Mishishon is built. Obviously, the ten levels of reaching God that Amchal is talking about correspond to the ten spheres in creation. And Hamaschilum and Hamadrega Tachtayna. And he begins from the beginning which is the first level of one's journey towards God, which is Tyre. And Tyre is Mavila Vesihiris, and he goes on through the ten steps, that by observing the Torah carefully, that brings to Zahiris, that a person becomes very careful and very scrupulous in his observance, and so on, until finally, the highest level is Ruach HaKadish, where a person, Mamish, is filled with divine inspiration. A person reaches Ruach HaKadish, which obviously a human being can reach, and they have been human beings, even in our generation, have achieved such a thing. And even that human being can reach him in to have the ability to bring the dead back to life. At the end of the Sefer, after Ramchal has gone through all of these unbelievably, unbelievably exalted, amazing Madragas, at the end of the Sefer, Ramchal writes the following. He says, a new person who's reading this, like, means pleasant person, means my friend. You know, that I only, I've only provided you with some guidelines, but I have not 
discussed all of the details of Hasidus, of reaching a level of Hasidus, of righteousness. Is that Pasha? And it's obvious. Each person according to his own according to his own skills, according to according to his own profession. And each person has his own his own lifestyle and his own skill and his own profession, his own career, whatever it might be. So the person needs Hadracha needs guidance. Each person according to what that person what that person does and who that person is. He needs his own particular specific Hadracha. Because the way of Hasidus, which is fitting and proper for that person who is Terosa Manasa, who learns all day and night, meaning a person who has the privilege, a man who has the privilege of sitting and learning full time. His way, in other words, I gave you a general plan. I give you a general plan and a way to reach that, you know, that goal. But of course, he says there'll be there'll be differences from one person to the next. Somebody who sits and learns all day, for him to get to chesidus, that to get to the highest level of reaching the level of chesidus and so on, he'll do that. He'll have to he'll have to have specific hadracha guidance, how to achieve that in his own life. And that's not the same as a person who's who's tzarchahas gadzim who works for somebody else who's a working person. Whatever he does. And then you have another person who doesn't work for somebody, but he's a salesman, he sells things, he's a merchant. Now he has his own way, his own path. And, and so it is. With all the different details, there, there are countless, countless distinctions and difference between each person. And obviously... That's going to be for a woman as well, depending upon upon what she does and how she spends her time and, what, and, and, and whether she's married, whether she's single, she has children and how the children behave and how old they are and what, so on and so forth. Every person, every person is different. One of the great evils of our time that's crept even into so-called orthodox circles is this idea that there's only one way to achieve. And there's only one way to achieve greatness, and that the way of that particular school or that particular lecturer or teacher, and that's the only way to achieve that. This is why there's so many women who are unhappy being women, and and, and would and feel that they believe that that the that the only way that they can reach chesedus is the way that the men reach this level of chesedus, which is what the men have been learning, and so on and so forth, and why and why a woman feels that in order for her to in order for her to be the person that she could become. So she needs to she needs to live that same life as the male, and all of the distortions that that that, that silliness has led to, and that mistake. When the tachlis is kibbutz a little kimli taiv, and that's all that the woman wants kibbutz a little kimli taiv, then she has to learn. How do I, as a woman, achieve closeness to Hashem? It's not the same way that a man would achieve it. There are different mahalchim, there are different paths and methods for me to achieve that. And a woman who was unhappy, being, uh, was unhappy in her in her in her um, life, in her role as a woman, and the reason for that is because she feels that that is not enabling me to achieve kivus of the kimli taif. Has only fallen into that terrible, terrible mistake that's being sold nowadays. That's a terrible mistake. 
to think my husband is in shul all day Yom Kippur therefore he could be close to God I'm sitting all day Yom Kippur you know, feeding applesauce to a baby who's throwing it all over my, you know, my kitchen on Yom Kippur so how's that Kibbis of the Kimli type so when a person looks at him that way and says ah, Kibbis of the Kimli type is, is only the way that the men describe Kibbis of the Kimli type that's why it's the biggest busyness women think that they achieve like this a higher status and they achieve and they're more respected when they're given a piece of Gemara to learn and when they're, when they're thrown into, into, a men's, into a man's world the truth of the matter is of course there's the biggest busyness there's the biggest degradation for women to be told but to, to believe that the only way that she can be close to God is the way that a man becomes close to God what a, what a lie, what a distortion and because of that there's so many women that are sitting with their babies in Yom Kippur and, and they're angry and bitter and what kind of a life do I have and how could, that, how could anybody be close to God like this I should be sitting and learning and why should he go to Shul and how come I can't go to Shul and why should he go to Yeshiva and how come I can so on and so forth all of these times if the goal of life would be Kibbutz of the Kimli Taif there wouldn't be any of those times but that's not the goal of life. What the goal is in those circles is something which it's not good to talk about right now. But the the goal is not Kivas Lakimli Taif. That's the Ramchal said. That goal of Kivas Lakimli Taif, of closest Hashem, that goal is is achieved by each person according to what he does. And, and the time and where he is and so on and so forth obviously there's a difference between a man and a woman if there's a difference between a person who has his own business and someone who works for somebody else each person according to who he is and what he does in that particular person's life there are going to be different ways of how to achieve this goal of Kivis Elohim of how to reach the highest level of Chassidus but what Damchal is saying is that the way of Chassidus is for everybody everyone everyone and all of you have, anybody here who's even touched the, the magnificent world of the Holy Boshantav knows that this is something the Boshantavs wanted so much to strengthen. And all of his holy Talmudim and the Talmudim and the Talmudim of the Boshantav that, that to, to become a holy Jew, to, to reach this drag of Kivas of the Kimli type does not require that a person become a, it's not only open to scholars and great intellects, but it's open to every single Jew, whoever you are. Kivas of the Kimli type to come to that, to the Dark Echsidus. Says, not because there are different objectives or different goals. No, it's one objective, one goal. Chsidis, that was that goal of Kivis Kim, that there is that one goal. And And the ultimate goal, of course, is to bring Nachasruch to the one who created us. Nachasruch. But because all of the different people who are trying to achieve this goal, they they are different and they have different lives and lifestyles and backgrounds and so on. Therefore, the Ramchal says it can't be that they should be that they should all have the same means of reaching that. And that's why in the yeshivas also to recognize the difference between children and to appreciate that what works for one child doesn't work for another child. And that even though we have the same tachlis, even though we have the same tachlis, there was this there was this article in Mishpacha magazine a few months ago, and I was discussing this with actually the, with the editor over there, and she was asking me, you know, how do I how do I, th- what do I think about that? So I don't know if anybody saw this. There was an article there about there were some families, where the children the children are all religious children, thank God. But there was an article about where Litfisher, a Litfisher family where, where they have a son that went off and became a chassid. 
a Hasidish family where they became a, a Litvak. Or, or the worst of all is where Litv- Litvak became a Lubavitch and so on. <laughs> and all of these, I'm saying that, of course, facetiously, I don't mean that God forbid it's worse. And I, I read this and I was, I was um, profoundly disturbed by the things that these people said, with the exception of one. And I said to, and I, and I said to them, like, you know, where do you find such dopes, you know, like, uh, spoke this way. There was this one that spoke with some intelligence only because she went to the Stalin Arab. And, and uh, she was very, very upset because the son, they wanted him to be Stalin Arab, so he turned out to be a Litvisher, you know. He, went to, he wanted to be a Bentari, he wanted... So, so she went crying to her rabbi. It was a big telling to Stalin. So Stalin said, I think they're Jews also, no? It's <laughs> not <laughs> so, oh, okay. And then they were okay because she asked the rabbi whether, still, whether her son is still a Jew. <laughs> and I was thinking, Gewalt, you know, your child is Shabbatari Mitzvah, is an Elohim. And then years ago, I had, I had there was a, a, a girl from a very yeshivish home, and she went off to Israel. So, no, it was a nice yeshiva. She met some very, very charming Hester guy, you know. It was, wasn't planned like that. It was, she was staying by somebody for Shabbos, you know, one of those things. And uh, she met this Hester guy who was living in, that was living in Kerbyavna. A very, very chashiva boy. I met him, a big London, very chashiva. Oh, what a wonderful Bamiz, on top of everything. Very good looking, like, you know, like strikingly good looking and good and tired boy from a nice family. I can't tell you what went on with that family. It's hard to describe what went on with the family, the girl's family, until finally she didn't talk to them for months and they didn't come to the wedding. And the boy, the boy was the most elegant boy. And I said, I understand that you were hoping for you wanted and they were crying, at least maybe you could wear a hat and wear a hat. And he and he said, you know, if wear a hat, but she said, don't you don't have to wear a hat. You you be who you are, and so on and so forth. And it was never even a question of whether or not this person, who the daughter wanted to marry, was living in that world of kivus alikimlitayim. But she was embedded in that world of kivus alikimlitayim. The Torah says, kivus alikimlitayim, according to the way that he learned from his teachers, according to the way that these people, oh, by the way, the girl's parents are, are not are not people of much substance, as you can see from what I'm telling you. There's not really any interest in, in the racial in their lives. It was just to put out another daughter that would end up giving them the specific nachas that they were hoping for, which would be, you know, whatever fits into that picture of nachas that, that all of their friends on the same street in, in, uh, in their neighborhood identify their nachas with. And, and what the Ramchal is saying is that everybody's different. The goal is the same, but everybody's different. And therefore, it's not possible to says that there shouldn't be different ways and means of reaching the Tachlis. And therefore, he says, a person can be an entirely righteous person, a Chosad Gomer, a holy person. Ishim means that because he, he must, in other words, as he explains in the parentheses, he's not. It's not because he's lazy. It's not because he's lazy. It's not because he doesn't want to learn. There are people who, because of the needs and necessities of life, they have to go to work. They can't stay in yeshiva anymore. They can't continue learning. Obviously, a boy has to speak to his rabbi. You know, to, to know when is the time for him to go on, when is the time for him to leave yeshiva, and so on. But the Ramchal continues and says, 
Sometimes a person which means he had no choice, it could be a very, very great person, a special person, but he had to leave Yeshiva in order to provide for his family, and he had to go what? To Mulachab Chusa. He had to get involved in some uh, some type of work that's not, that's Mulachab Chusa, which means, you know, not a white collar, you know, but 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 a, a type of work that's a demeaning type of work. Mulachab Chusa. And that person has the has the has the responsibility to reach Hasidus, and he can reach the level of Hasidus, the highest level of Hasidus. He can reach the highest levels of Hasidus, the same way as a person who doesn't stop learning, the same way that that person who has the schus to sit in yeshiva day and night. But there are different ways that each one has to achieve that. So that's the end of the that's the end of the quotation from the Sefer so now he explains, the author here explains. It's very clearly explained. That it's possible for a person to be a chosid and to be attached to his creator. To the highest level, to reach the highest level, which is what? Mamish, the end of the That means someone who's divinely inspired, somebody who has the ability to bring the dead back to life. It does not depend upon what his profession is. Certainly not whether it's a male or a female. It does not depend upon that. In Torah, whether he's sitting and learning all day, or whether he has a job. All of this, of course, can work. It can only work on the condition. And everything that the person does is for the sake of heaven. Everything that he does is for that objective of how can I become closer to God. Even even the woman that's home that can keep feeding the child, and even the person that's in that demeaning job, but that every single second he lives with a tachlis, and he will reach that state of chesedus and is sometimes much faster. Could be that a person who has the time and the ability, or the or the or the skills to sit and learn all day. This is the Batam Khala's teaching. So obviously, what, the, what he's, he's telling us here is that, that, that in order to become a chassid, in order to become a, a truly righteous person, and to reach that level of kivas al kidney tayyib, which Tavan al was saying for every Jew, you don't have to necessarily be a person who separates yourself from this world, and that you change your entire lifestyle. Of course, there are going to have to be adjustments as you go along, which we'll talk about. But the Ikir is... Call Masav Lashem Shemaim. Everything is Lashem Shemaim. Bamis. For Isaac, but Tyra Kafika Chaisav. And the person is Isaac and Tyra. He's Isaac and Tyra according to his abilities. Who's Mamay? And the time that he has. We call Malach Tay in Elba Eifen Hamuchach Lagamay. And all the Malach, all the work that he does, he just does what he needs. In other words, he's not trying. He doesn't get lost in this world. He doesn't get lost trying to, trying to have all kinds of luxuries and to try to, to try to uh, have more than he needs. Which, which of course is a very, very big question. You know, what does a person need? And different people need different things. And that, that person has to have drafa. Why is he going overboard? Why is she going overboard? What was considered to be a luxury years ago nowadays for many people is considered a necessity. I mean, there are different drinks, and I can go into that. But the point is. We have a person who really, who really, the work that he does is in order that he, in order that he, you know, he has what he needs.
and not that he not in order to have a life that's filled with all kinds of luxuries and so on. And even what the person needs, it should be l'shem shemayim. Obviously, that itself is, a, is for many of us a very hard thing to hear, since we were raised in a country where where the way of identifying oneself as a successful person is by not by who a person is, but by what a person has. And that's that's what's seen as a successful person, someone who's achieved such and such kind of a, you know, he has this job, he has this way of making a living, and so on and so forth, as opposed to who the person really is, and whether he's living in that way of Kivis of the Kimli Taif. We have learned. What comes out clearly from the Ramchal is that each and every person can and must become attached to Hashem and can live this life of kirvis elokim lintayv, of being close to God. And to feel that mamash. And that this is not something which is only for individuals, for rare, specially gifted, unusual people. That are separated from all things of this world, and they live by themselves, and, and you know, have handed in their cell phones and beepers and everything. So we have learned. <coughs> the beginning, the beginning. A person has to clarify, and it has to be very, very strongly embedded in his way of thinking, that this is the tachlis of my life. Kibbutz Hashem. As we learned last time, that a person should think about this for a second, every 15 minutes. All right, every half hour. But to think about this, a few, if, we're, if we're not holding by that, but at least a few times a day, to think about this was the tachlis of my life. The tachas of life is closest to Hashem. And after that, then the next step is, once, he, once it becomes clear to him that the tachas of my life is closest to God, then after that, then he has to be certain, he has to be, he has to be completely certain that this applies to him as well. This was not just said for the Chavaz Chaim, for the Moshantu. This was for him too, for you too, for every one of us. And that it applies to myself, that Kivis Olakim Tevekas Bashem is the ultimate goal of my life. Not being happy, not having this, not being that, but Kivis Olakim Litai is the ultimate goal of my life. And then, the question of how do you live and what do you do in order to be able to achieve that goal? Each person is different. Obviously, we all have to keep halacha. But even that, all the kinds of all the kinds of um, shortcuts that people take, and all the different things that people do, while struggling to maintain the official title of being orthodox, and if the person stops and thinks, does this fit into the tachlis? Even if we say that it's permitted, even if we say that it's permitted, right? Is that a, is this is this taif? Does this Enhance my kibbutz alakim, even if it's allowed. The question is, this is, is this kibbutz alakim? Will this lead me? Is this more likely to lead me to kibbutz alakim? Type. That's why, when it comes to all these questions about, you know, uh, 
that yes television and not television or yes this or that and all of those things the only time that, the only time that, that you get into those kind of of arguments and debates is when you're not focused on the kivus of the kimli type when a person's focused on the ultimate objective of kivus of the kimli type then, it, then those things seem very very silly and that's why it's very frustrating because I know when I have discussions with people over the years and they start to tell me but maybe you could say like this and perhaps it's like that so you just, you know, you feel at some point just throwing up your arms and saying, but what about Kivis or the Kimli Taif? What about Kivis or the Kimli Taif? And, and if that's the Tachlis of life. So then, so then many, many of the questions that we have and many of these arguments that we present in order to protect our turf of a mistaken lifestyle become so silly, become so petty and, and such an Irish guy that that when you look back over the years, it's embarrassing that you even fought for such a that you even fought for such a, a, a goal, that you even fought to achieve those things that that were clearly not fitting into the tachlis of kibbutz l'kimli type. So the only way that they could be explained is that if you don't remember kibbutz l'kimli type, then you could fall into lots and lots of problems and questions and questionable behavior and so on and so forth. And try to say, well, that rabbi does this and that rabbi does that, right? You can go to an Orthodox shul, the machitz is up to your puppet, right? That means belly button. Or pipic, if you prefer. That's the way I was raised. So it's up to you. You have a little machitz, and it's up to your belly button. And the, and the rabbi gets up, and he makes all kinds of Orthodox speeches about God and the Torah, and, you know, and of course, all the right subjects and things. So then you just say, it was Kivis Lakimli Taif. So I'll say, well, I was, this rabbi is in that neighborhood, in that place, is a big Tamachachim, and he has a machitz like that. And otherwise, the Jews are not going to come down here and so on. So all these stories are they're very frustrating because you don't want to have to get into Rambam's and Shulchan Aras and to start to, start to prove it, to fight. Because, because everybody knows that if the Rambam would see that, he wouldn't have in there, you know. And, 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 and and you know that this rabbi that's been quoting the Rambam his entire life, that, that the Rambam wouldn't have it in his shul, because the mechitza is not a kiris of the kim litayv mechitza. Because the Baruch doesn't want a mechitza like that. What do you mean? But that rabbi has the mechitza. What are you going to do? A kiris of the kim litayv takes away many, many of the questions of life. But at the same time, obviously, it, it creates in the life of each person a healthy, a healthy um, tension. The person's constantly asking himself and asking herself, what I'm about to do, is this part of my goal, is this part of my objective? If you have a business, if you have a business and you're, you're, in, the, uh, you're in the business of, uh, you know, you're in the business of selling toothpaste, that's you do, you sell toothpaste. And you're with a partner, the partner decides that he wants to buy, you know, a million tennis balls. So you say, no, I think that that's going to take us a little bit away from our, our avoider. So a person has to know what's the tachlis, and whether that's going, to, whether you're going, you're getting sidetracked, and whether that's taking you away from your, from your tachlis. A person has to know this. You have to know that not only must you achieve this goal of kivus but that you can, without any doubt whatsoever, you can. Yud. Before we were writing about this obligation, the Tachlis, 
we first had in Hagdama, I wrote, Shakashi Vula the Maikhavasantahlisai. That when it becomes understood what a person's obligation is and what his tachlis is, he has to remember this tachlis throughout the entire day. We spoke about this last time. He has to even write it down in a book. Or in a little card. And every 15 minutes, to take it out of his pocket. To read it again. In order that he should always see the tachlises before his eyes, his entire life. Once we've clarified that the tachlis of life of man's life in this world is kiras Hashem, closeness to God, and attachment to God, another thing that the person has to write on is a little piece of paper. That his own personal tachlis, that he in his own life can achieve and must achieve. Is what is to be close to Hashem. And the Nas says, "Let's because I call him to remember the entire day. Ideas of this knowledge, Yiralov. Ideas shalchis. Knowing it's idea of chis. This is the idea. This knowledge for why, I, in other words, the purpose of my life and why I was created. This is the idea. This is a piece of information. This is knowledge shalchis that gives you tremendous life. It gives you chis." It gives you it gives you excitement, it gives you chiyas, and it gives you a purpose in life. And that purpose in life is not affected by what you have or what you don't have, how much you own or what you don't own, how many children you have, whether you're married, whether you're single. It gives you a chiyas. So etzamachaim is the it's life itself, it's the etzamachaim of why you're alive. It's not just something that you know, another thing. Oh, by the way. I'm, you know, I could answer this question on the test. What's the tachas of my life? Kevus alakim l'tayr. Need a marshal adar. He said, "Let me give you a marshal." Adam oila al gabe eitz. A person climbs up a tree. Umesiyashin al gabe yachad mahanafim, and he sits on one of the branches. Lepesa haanaf karas unaf. Suddenly the branch breaks and falls. Hayadam yad oichis atzmo begufushal eitz. When the person feels that the branch is breaking, he he instinctively grabs onto the tree to hold on to the to hold on to the tree the trunk of the tree and he feels oh, yeah, I have to hold on every second onto the tree itself if I don't hold on to the tree I'm very high up if I don't hold on to this I'm going to fall and I'm going to die if you go to this person and you interview him while he's holding on to that, right? While he's holding on to the tree for dear life, mamish, a hundred feet over the over the concrete, and you ask him, what's the most important thing he knows in his life, right? So he's not going to tell you that he knows Einstein's theory of relativity, or that or that he knows. How many electoral votes are you know are, are in Florida or something like that? He's not going to tell you that. Not only that, he says this idea, this knowledge that he has, showed me this. The most important thing in life that he knows is that he must hold on to this tree, and he can't be distracted from this for a second. He he, and any idea Obama. So you'd say to this guy, that's that's what you know that you have to hold on to the tree. Come on, it's ridiculous. There are a billion things you should know. You're, you know, you're, you're 30 years old. You should know a lot more than holding on to a tree, right? 
this knowledge that in order for him to survive, he's holding on to the tree, this is not just a piece of information. It's not just like a stam, like knowing, you know, something for trivial pursuit. That's not what that. That's not what that is. That, that that's not a idea about alma. Alma means stam. Elah a person understands should be idea so that this my entire life depends on this piece of information. My entire life depends on this, and, and knowing that this tree is a sturdy tree that I can that I can hold on to until I get help, and knowing that I have the strength to hold on to this tree for another, for another two minutes or three minutes until help arrives. My whole is, my whole life depends on this knowledge. It's not stomach like knowing something. If God forbid the person would forget this, if he forgets this. If he doesn't realize the urgency and how critical and how crucial this information is, then he then he won't hold on for dear life. He won't hold on for dear life. His whole life, his whole life, is in danger. So him him advar benimshol. Of course, that's the nimshol. What's the nimshol? A person has to know that your whole life depends on this. This is not stam, some some piece of hashkafa, or some piece of machshava, or something that you learned in school, or something that your parents told you. This is how much your whole life depends on it. If you had, if you had, if you were told that you have, God forbid five minutes to live unless you have to find this medication, the name of the medication, and they told you some name of the medication. Your whole chiyas depends on that medicine. It's not stam. Like some other piece of knowledge, there's no other knowledge in the world that's important. The only thing that's important at that moment, or it's God forbid for you, if you're a child, is that, is that the name of that medication you have to get. And it's not something like stam uh, that you put in the back of your head with all the other Irish kind. That's the whole life depends on that. You have to know your whole life depends on that. One has to know that the entire the of my life. This is and knowing here doesn't mean just to know. It means like holding on to that tree is closeness to God, and therefore to the, to the tzaddik doing an avera was as frightening as letting go of the tree. To the tzaddik letting to the tzaddik something which is against Hashem, which is which which is opposed to this. Goal of Kivis Olakim is as frightening as letting go of the tree. This can't be just some sort of a little piece of knowledge. My whole life depends on this knowledge. And if I forget this, even for a moment if I forget this, because in the moment of forgetting, a person can do God forbid terrible things. Chasasham, if a person forgets. If you forget what the tachlis is, you could chasasham do something terrible. You're endangering your whole life. So therefore, before a person knows the details of this path that we're going to learn about, the path meaning of how to achieve the goal, first, this has to become clear. My entire life depends on this. My whole tachlis is to be close and attached to Hashem. This is the Yudimum, because I believe really finishes the Nimshal. And that's what it means. Eitzachayim, that's what the Torah is called, the Tree of Life. Yiddishkeit Torah is not just some interesting thing, some piece of information. 
Eitz Chaim Likur Kain and Kain Kosi Ramchal Ramchal writes about this. Bechinas Aposik Vatem Etzeikim Hashem Alkeichem Chaim Kol Chaim Again it's called an Eitz Chaim as it says in the Aposik in Devarim those of you attached to Hashem you are alive. That's our chiyus attachment to Hashem, which is the goal. Atmat veikem Hashem, right? That's the tachlis of kibbutz lekim litayv, of being dovik, of being attached to Hashem. Chayim kulchem hayim. Hashem is telling us in the Torah that is life, and therefore the Torah is called the tree of life because if you're not holding on to that, then God forbid you could die at any moment. Even though you're breathing and living like anybody else, but you cut yourself off from the tachlis of life. Mitzias achayim he. This is the mitzias of life. Atmat veikem Hashem. Zem nikrechayim. That is called life. If a Jew is not attached to Hashem, Chazal had described the wicked, Rishayim, even while they're alive, they're called dead. What does that mean, they're called dead? Because they're not living according to the Tachos, so they, they let go of the tree. They let go of the tachlis. Therefore, they're called dead. They're breathing, they're eating, they're running around. They have jobs, they're making a million dollars, they're on the cover of you know, People Magazine, whatever it is. But, they're called Korean Mason, they're dead. Mamish they're dead. They're zombies, they're working around, but they're not alive. Even though they have external physical life, physical life might become outcome nevertheless what's missing is the the essence of man's life what it really means to be alive which is attachment to God since this is what's missing they don't have this they don't have this they don't have this dvekis to Hashem therefore that's what Chazal said they had described as being dead only a person who is dovik Hashem, chaim kulchem hayyim, is a person who is alive. When your person is in the state of atmat veikim b'shem alakechem, yesh es abuchina shel chaim, then he's called alive. Can you imagine? You could have some guy that's making that's making millions of dollars a year, and he's dressed in that way that I described last time. He's got his shirts always perfectly pressed, and he's got cufflinks that shine from one end of the world to the other end of the world. And his necktie is always just up to that choking point on the throat. And everything is just, his, his pants always have perfect creases. And everybody, when he walks into shul, yes, Mr. So-and-so, yes, Mr. So-and-so, and he's, you know, he's always has that little sucking candy in his mouth, that little piece of gum, even while he's in shul. And he looks at himself as being so unbelievably put together. And he sees some little yeshiva bach with this, with his shirt out, and you know, like one one day is hanging, the other one's up, and, and you know his hat is half crushed, or his yarmulke is you know uh, is this way that way, or brown instead of black, not from color because of it's old, right? And the guy, and this guy with the with the perfectly starched shirt, you know, with his and with his uh, fifty dollar haircut, I guess they could even be more than that, I, I don't know. And he looks at this little yeshiva bach and he says, ah. This poor little boy doesn't know what it means to live. And at Shem Zayis, the little Yeshiva who sits and learns and, and thinks about God, he's called alive. And the guy with the, the guy with the cufflinks is he's dead. He's not alive. That's how that's how the Barnishal identifies it. Again, I'm not saying that a Yeshiva Bachu shouldn't tuck his shirt. And of course, if he can, you know, that doesn't cause too much emotional pain or something. He should. 
But what's the tachlis of life? And how, and how do we look at people? Who's alive and who's not alive? And it's like the person's not alive. I remember, I once, I think I once mentioned to you how I heard and <coughs> from my rabbi, when he was by Rabbi Yeruchim, they were in Europe, you know, and then by Rabbi Yeruchim, the great Meshgir, Rabbi Yeruchim, and Sadiq. And Rabbi Yeruchim started asking the boys, you know, all the boys over there, the boys, and the, they were, many of them turned out to be world famous Rashidi. And he was asking, he was saying, look outside, what do you see outside? So my Rabbi told us that, so the boys turned around and said, yes, this boy, whatever. He also, what do you see outside? He also said, hi. I see, you know, he says, I see your uncle the Schneider, you know, the uncle the tailor. Name. And Sir Yechum said, no, that's not what I see. And he asked another boy in the, yeshiva, in the, in the class, in the room, Moshe, what do you see? He says, I see, I see Beryl, you know, I see Beryl the Shoemaker. Name. No. First of all, my Rebbe Rebbe told me, they didn't know what was going on. Sir Yechum finally walked over to the window and he said, they yankala, or they yosala, whatever, yosala, the, you know, yosala, the shayder, or the tailor. That's yosala, really, that's yosala, the, the Bialystok Adayin. The, the rabbinic judge of Bialystok. So guys look like, what is that? So he said, then, then the rebuke was quiet, and he started to cry. He said, I'll tell you what I see outside. Listen to this. This is what I heard from my rabbi. I love it to get base of You know what it means? I love it to give a, a living cemetery. That's what I see when I look in the street. What do you mean by that? There's nothing wrong with that with a person being a tailor, unless that person who turned out to be a tailor had the kaiches, that skill and the talent to be the rabbinic judge of Bialystok, right? To be a dying of Bialystok. So when he said, I see a love to give a person, as I see a world filled with people who are zombies, who are walking men, not becoming the people that they're supposed to become. And that's a living cemetery. So even though they're called alive, Rabbi Yochum said, they're not alive. They're physically alive. Being alive means means to live a life of of closeness to God, which means how each person, if it means to be a, a, a tailor, fine. But a tailor that's living life of kivas alakim, not everybody could be a rav, and now we could be a dying, now we this or that, but kivas alakim, to be close to Hashem. And if a person is not living with that tachlis of kivus or kin, so he might be alive, and he might be making millions of dollars a year. He might have the fanciest house in the world, but but he's not alive. It's a little bit of a So in cemetery, a person has to daven, not only to live a long life, but like in the parish of Ayu Chayesar, many shalom v'esim shalom, v'shavu shalom. And she says, "Kulam shavu l'tayv," which I'm talking about maybe more in Shabbos, and I can still talk to them. That kulam shavu l'tayv means that. All the years were good. All the years were good. What does it mean? It says also, Avram and Sarah, Zarkin, Bar Biyam, Skaden, Bar Biyam. Bar Biyam means that they came with all the days of their lives. Kulam Shalmatai doesn't mean all the days were equally good. It means that every single day was a day of Kavis Olakim, of living according to my titles. Sometimes it was a good day, sometimes it wasn't such a good day, but it was always good. Because no matter what I went through, it was always Kavis Olakim, 
So Hashem's work should help us to live that way and to remember that. And as Hashem to be to be zeichet to not just to learn but to but to remember and to think. And we'll continue with Shem. I know it's scheduled for scheduled for next Tuesday, and I, 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 I two weeks from now.